When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a QB roller coaster it was on Monday Night Football. The Bears won, by the way. Justin Fields looked improved. That's a nice roller coaster, Dan. We'll talk about what on earth happened with Mac Jones and Bailey. It's like morphed into something else. Okay, that's what you think. That's Dan Orlovsky. That's Ryan Clark. Marcus Spears is with us, too. Let's revisit last night, guys, to begin as we begin with. The Patriots hosting the Bears. Mac Jones, we're wondering if he's going to start, but turns out he is making his return as a starting quarterback. It's Justin Fields' turn first, though. Bears already up 3-0. They got first and goal from the three. Fields takes it himself. We saw this all night. Condensed split. You get the motion to freeze defenders, and then you pull people to lead out in front. Touchdown, Chicago. Early second quarter. Pat do down 10 nothing. Oh, no. Don't do it. One hand. Yum. Do it. A Listen. terrible decision, bad play. That's not who you are. Second and ten, you're down in essentially field goal range. Defense has won the rep because of their rush to throw the ball out of bounds. All right, so the next Patriots drive, Bailey Zappi subbed in at quarterback. Fans in Gillette are pumped, and Zappi with play action throws to a wide open Jacoby Myers. Of course he's wide open when Rid- Zappi comes in. Patriots trail 10-7. <laughs> Ridiculous adjustment on that throw yeah. by Jacoby Myers because that's not a good throw by Zappi. Ends in a good result. How about this? All of them, RC, coming up for Zappi. Well, this is a great catch down the sideline by Devontae Parker. He goes up, he climbs the ladder. This is why they acquired him in the offseason, but it seems like everything's going right for the backup. Patriots score later in the drive to take the 14 to 10 lead two minutes to go in the half Bears with the ball at the Pats 25 Fields able to get it to Khalil Herbert he's got blockers in front walks into the end zone the Bears go up 17 to 14 let's go halfway through the fourth quarter Bears with a commanding lead Zappi's still in the game at this point he starts to struggle he had struggled before this too dropping back passing it's batted by Roquan Smith coming up with the interception the Bears beat the Pats 33 to 14 here's Bill Belichick after the game when Mac came out of the game, Bill, was that a medical decision, the timing of the no. pulling him? So was that related to the, the interception that was his no. last play tonight? No, we, we had planned to play. Uh, I told the quarterbacks that we were going we to play both of them. And so was the plan for three series. It just seems when his last play is an interception, it looks like a, a benching for performance. That's not what it was, but you, you, know, you can write whatever you want to write. That's not what it was. Not sure we thought we were going to get a whole lot from Bill Belichick on this one, but really mysterious across the board. Dan, I'll start with you on this. What did you make of how the quarterbacks were handled last night for the Patriots? I hated it. You know, respectfully, Coach Belichick, there's no way that you can believe or or have us think that whether we've been around football or a fan, that that's not a benching. It it looks every bit uh, of a benching. And I would have preferred you after the game to say, yes, I benched Mac Jones. I gave him the chance to start. He said he was healthy enough. He moved around fine. But daggone, I can't have him give the football away. And, and when I saw that, I said, okay, enough. I've seen one. We're down 10 nothing. Let's bring on Zeppi. And my next thing would be about this about Mac Jones. Mac, I love you, dude. And if I was Joe Judge, the quarterback coach, I'd walk into that room and be like, what the fudge, dude? You can't do that. You've got a head coach that for 20 years built the greatest organization ever on like all the cliche things that have to do with sports. One of them is do not give the ball away, right? There's a difference between a turnover 
and a takeover. That's a legit turnover. I loved Mac because he knew who he was coming out of draft. That's not you. Dan, but Dan, rid of it. Dan, like, stop it, though. Like, the dude threw one pick. Like, I could see if he had an opportunity yeah. to play until halftime, and he threw two interceptions, and he was fumbling the football in the pocket. And it was one of those things where you felt like he was in over his head in the return. This wasn't it. To me, this was premeditated. When you come into a game and a guy is pulled after he throws an interception, it's because you might believe in the other guy, at least at this point, a little more. And it's different if we are playing like we have two really good quarterbacks, right? Right, right? The fact that, okay, Mac, you're not really feeling it right now. Let's bring in Bailey. Okay, Bailey, you're starting to struggle. We've seen Mac do this for an entire year. Let's put him back in the game and ride that hot hand. That wasn't what he was doing. I agree with you on this. It was a benching. When you 100%. pull him and you don't pull him back in the game and that's your starter, he was benched. The problem is this. Everybody was in the stands. Oh, we got Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe, lies you tell. Zappy throws two picks now, and now you're in a situation of figuring out who starts next week. Yeah, that fairy tale story didn't quite come to the ending that Patriots fans wanted it to. We're going to get to Marcus in just a moment, but Mike Reese covers the Patriots for ESPN. Thanks so much for being with us here, Mike. And you spoke with Bill Belichick this morning. What did he have to say about all this? Well, so, Laura, here's what we got. The day after he played the two quarterbacks, which you were just talking about, he's not ready to narrow it down to just one. So he holds this day-after-game video conference. And the thing that stood out to me was that he hinted that Mac Jones' health is a, still a key consideration. Have a listen. As you move forward, if, if he's healthy, Bill, is, he, is it fair to say if he's healthy, he's the starter? Uh, again, th that's a hypothetical question. So let's let's see, you know, where that is and what that is. Hey, Bill, was Mac Jones healthy enough to play the entire game last night? Yeah. Well, that that didn't happen. So that's another hypothetical question. Belichick used the word complicated to describe the situation. Belichick used the word complicated, Laura, to describe the situation. He said that it's always a balance between doing what's best for the team, but also a player's individual situation. And then in an understatement, he said, obviously, this one didn't work out. Yeah, Mike, uh, you are one of the best at deciphering Belichick speak. So thank you for going through some of that with us and making it make some more sense. Here's Swagoo. Hey, Swagoo. I know, he's been sleeping since this morning. Uh, let, let's start, though, with spinning it forward, Marcus, because we sort of know what happened last night, but going ahead, what should the plan be for New England? 18 months ago, the New England Patriots drafted Mac Jones in the first round, and everybody said this was the ideal uh, fit, including me, right? The kid goes on to throw 22 touchdowns, 13 picks. Look, a lot of people made that season way bigger than what it was. You were comparing it to rookies that didn't play or had horrid seasons. I didn't think it was anything to throw, you know, have a celebration about. But I did see progression. I saw Mac Jones trying to take a hold of this team. I saw the team responding, and now he's back in a quarterback controversy, back fighting for opportunity and a job. It was Cam Newton. Obviously, we knew Cam was on his way out, but I'm looking at this situation, and Bill Belichick is not giving a definitive, definitive answer, which is nothing new. 
But I don't think coaches are mum, y'all, on who their starting quarterback is if it's clear. I don't think that's something that you need to leave up for interpretation when you are in the NFL going into the eighth week of the season and you don't know who your starting quarterback is. If it's not Mac Jones, which is, doesn't seem to be in totality, just say Bailey Zappi is our starter going forward until a change is made or vice versa. This is not good for Mac Jones. It's not good for his psyche. And the dude technically is still a baby in this game. So I'm trying to figure out what Bill Belichick game it is that he's trying to play. I don't think it's helping either one of his quarterbacks. Hearing Coach Belichick say that it's all hypothetical, I heard Tom Curran say this this morning, that maybe it's one of those situations where Mac tried to convince Coach Belichick to let him play, and he gave in. Because I was just listening to hear him talk. Mac ran four times last, last night in a matter of a quarter and a half. Right? That Maybe he looked at it and said, he just doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't trust the pocket. He's leaving yeah. too early. Let's get him out of the game. But I want him to say that. You know, just a reminder of why Mac Jones might want to try to have a stranglehold on this position. He had to sit behind multiple quarterbacks at Alabama. Then he, when, when he finally got an opportunity, he only played the one season and was able to have a ton of success in college. But this matters to him. He always feels like he has to fight but, for the starting job. And once again, he is. That being said, though, he's got to stop giving the ball away. That's six it. of them yeah. this year. I love him. He's got to stop throwing the ball to the other team. I agree. All right. The Jets host the Patriots on Sunday. New York has won four straight, but there was some unfortunate news on the injury front yesterday for them. Elijah Vera Tucker will miss the rest of the season due to a torn triceps. The versatile lineman started at three different positions this season, including both tackle spots. He's so important to this team. Rookie running back Brees Hall is also out for the season with a torn ACL. Hall ranks seventh in the NFL in scrimmage yards this season. And to replace Hall, the Jets went out and acquired James Robinson from the Jaguars. Robinson, who recently lost the starting job to Jacksonville's Travis ATN will pair with Michael Carter in the Jets' backfield. So, Dan, you think the Robinson addition is enough to make up for all the losses? No, I think these are season-changing injuries. Mm. And my, that's, that my brain tells me no shot. My heart tells me I wish it would. Here's the reality. What's not been talked about enough is while the Jets are having success and they're a great story, there are three starting offensive linemen out. You know who this impacts the most? Their second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson. Mm. Because they're winning, we haven't talked about or focused on is he and can he develop. This is completely – he had his own injury. He finally gets to play a little bit. Now his best offensive lineman and probably his best offensive weapon is out. This is going to hurt his development. It also is going to dramatically change their season. Yeah, I agree. It's going to change the season. When you look at the AFC East and you think about the Buffalo Bills, we know what they are. But the Miami Dolphins are an extremely good good team that just got their starting quarterback back. And so for me, now the Jets fall behind them, especially with the injuries. What could have been a Cinderella story to the yeah. playoffs seems to have taken a hit. We talked to the Jaguars ahead of their game against the Broncos in London today, and they were talking about how much they will miss Robinson. Yeah. So let's carry on here with more news new on NFL Live. And the Cowboys have traded for defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders. Marcus, what do you make of this move? I love the move. It's to anchor this run game, and that's one area with the Dallas Cowboys. Dan has talked about this, that you think you can make hay against. Now you put in a Stallworth in the middle. Hankins is played in this league. I believe he's in his eighth year. He's known for being able to clog up the middle and be a stout defender against the run, which Dallas is going to need in order to make a run um, at what they're trying to do as far as the Super Bowl and deep into the playoffs. This is a good piece to add to an already good defensive line and depth-wise as well. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? 
When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Time to read and react to some news from the NFL. And we start in Green Bay, where the Packers have lost three straight. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show today and was asked about the poor play. I mean, they didn't have to do anything. They play, they rushed four guys. They played cover four. They sprinkled a couple weak inserts and a couple man coverages. And that was it. We had so many uh, just mental errors and mistakes. It's just, it's not the kind of football we're used to playing over the years, you know. There have definitely been seasons where we average, you know, four, five, six, maybe seven at the most kind of mental errors or missed assignments per week. And, well, this season, a lot more than that every single week. You know, it's double digits every single week. A lot of mistakes. You know, the way he's talking about all these mistakes, I'm interested in what you think about the whole vibe there, RC. Well, for Aaron I think the first thing is where, where did Aaron Rodgers point the finger at himself? And mm. obviously, this was probably a longer uh, segment than I got to see from just watching the clip, but it was so much that he was pointing to what the team was doing and not how Aaron Rodgers can help, not how Aaron Rodgers can fix it. We know that this isn't a team that can just go out and play the way they used to because they had more talent than the opponent. But when you think about Aaron Rodgers being a leader and understanding how much weight that his voice carries in the locker room, you would like for him to address his teammates differently, but also point the thumb at himself a little bit. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of that happen this season. It yeah. has been a lot of, hey, if you guys could be better and stop making mistakes. Well, he's basically saying, you know what? I'm dang good. It ain't me. I'm great. It's not my <laughs> fault. Okay, next up, the Ravens, who have a short week leading into their matchup Thursday night with Tampa and the Bucks. Quarterback Lamar Jackson was asked about facing Brady. It's Brady. Want to play against Brady, but um, he the goat man, and uh, like like you said, you know I'm always playing against the defense, not the quarterback. So I'm going into every game the same way, same mentality. Just want to go out there and do what I'm supposed to do to win. Lamar, this this off season when Tom retired in February, uh, he put on Instagram, "You're next." Mm -hmm. Did you did you have a chance to see that? And what was kind of your reaction when you when you heard about it? Yeah, I seen it. Um, 
I was saying, hopefully I'm next to win the Super Bowl. You know, you got seven of them, so hopefully that's what I'm next to. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> but Lamar does so good with these. Okay, Marcus, Lamar and the Ravens coming off a win against the Browns, but what did you notice about how their defense played Baltimore on Sunday? Yeah, in the fourth quarter when the Cleveland Browns had to have it, it was a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I know what people are going to say. Well, they do that to everybody. But, yeah, the fourth quarter has been the issue for the Baltimore Ravens. And a couple weeks ago and last week, I talked about Lamar Jackson had to stop turning the football over. This was a fumble. And then this was the possession after that fumble. Chunk yardage all the way into the end zone with Cleveland actually getting the ball back after Baltimore uh, went three and out again and almost kicked the field and was about to kick a field goal to try to win it. Fortunately, the field goal didn't work out. But they they have to, as a team, continuity-wise, start to close these games out better. They're giving themselves a chance to win early. They're in the game or either leading in the fourth quarter. They have to be better at closing games out. Yeah, Lamar's been a piece of that, but so has their defense, to your point. All right, all you Bears fans, you're like, man, why haven't they talked about my Bears? My Bears went on Monday Night Football. We don't talk about it. Well, here's the time we're going to talk about the Bears. We're going to talk about Justin Fields. So, if you think about Fields, last night, the Bears had a clear game plan for Fields, which was to use his running ability both on the ground and in the passing game. We've been kind of waiting for this. Yeah. Fields was 6 of 7 for 104 yards when throwing on the run last night. More yards than he had on those throws in the first six games games of the season mm. combined. Dan, what'd you like about Fields tape last night? Well, I know this though, so this doesn't surprise me. What I liked is mechanically it was the best game he's had as a pro. And the reality is the questions for Justin Fields are, can you develop as a pocket passer? Quiet feet and take your plan from the practice field or to the practice field. So you peek to the right and that safety drops down. He's going to move. So number one's away. You see how quiet his feet were here? He finds the middle of the field, the kill here. He's breaking on that in route. Ball's on his chest. How quiet his feet were for such a big-time athlete. This is right after the two-minute warning. So you take a plan with your coaches to the field. You see the safety drop down. Well, that's weird. And then you see all these guys on the same level. Automatic indicator, all-out zero pressure. You can see right now Justin with the tight end and Herbert going, hey, check, check, check. Okay, the pressure's going to come. You got man coverage on the outside. I love the fact that Justin was ready for what potentially New England could do defensively. He went from the two-minute meeting on the sideline, brought it to the field, made the right check, and touchdown Chicago. That's the stuff that matters to me. I know he's a great athlete. He yeah. can run around and make plays. He's done that since we saw him and seen him at Ohio State. The questions are going to be, Justin, can you really go to the next level quarterbacking in the pocket? Saw multiples of examples of it for the past couple weeks, and certainly last night, you have to be encouraged by that. We saw them preseason. The Bears coaching staff felt like they were making progress there, and I think, to your point, we finally saw that play out in a game that really mattered. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's get to the Chiefs. Hey, at times, Patrick Mahomes struggled to connect with his new group of wide receivers during the first six weeks of the season, but they were on the same page in Sunday's win over the 49ers when Mahomes went 15 of 19 for 271 yards and three touchdowns when targeting wide receivers. Mahomes averaged over 14 yards per attempt, third highest in a game in his career. I know. RC, what changed for this offense in recent weeks? And we're not saying they were struggling, but they just looked really good on Sunday. Well, they found some explosive plays, and everybody's going to be like, well, it's not the Tyreek type of explosive plays, but look at what Juju Smith-Schuster has done over the last two weeks. He's had 12 catches in those two weeks, a run of 45 yards, and a 42-yard catch as well, and they aren't the normal, let's take the tops off of the defense. They're catching the football, breaking tackles, getting into the open field, and making plays. He's emerging as the number one op, uh, the number one op on the outside for Patrick Mahomes, which you need to pair with Travis Kelsey, and though it hasn't been this replacement by committee for Tyreek Hill. It seems that Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster is starting to step up and become someone that Patrick Mahomes trusts. I like that. RC, I like that, but, but but I do believe that it was by committee. When you look at how these guys were used in significant roles and even the opportunistic plays that they made, obviously Miko on the reverses. You talked about Juju and his ability on the outside. Strong. He's been the strong after-the-catch guy, and MVS showed up as the guy that we thought could get deep down the field and make some plays. But all of this is predicated off of Travis Kelsey, and that's the one difference with this football team as opposed to, I believe, Green Bay losing Devontae Adams. You have to dictate coverage. I mean, you have to determine what coverage you're playing when 87 is on the field, and now these guys are starting to build a rapport with Patrick Mahomes. They're starting to understand what's being needed, and Andy Reid is now starting to get the ball in their hands in advantageous situations. It looks really good because all of these guys are really pretty much staying in their wheelhouse. We knew Juju to be a guy that's a catch, uh, run-after-catch guy. We knew MVS for a guy to get deep down the middle, and we knew Miko Hardman to be a guy to get the ball in his hands and allow his speed, which is elite, to take hold. So it, it, it looked great what they did. Yeah, right now the Chiefs' offense is Red Bull racing, and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is zoom, zoom. I mean, it is so many things – that are going well for this offense. You know, we often come on show and it's like, what's the one thing that they're doing good? There's not a single thing that you can fall upon for Kansas City. I could tell you Juju's playing strength, the interior of their offensive line, Hardman's production, MVS down the field, their protection's been great. Um, Patrick's playmaking, their runs out of nickel. Kelsey looks like he's 26 years old. I mean, there's eight, nine things that you feel great about this offense, and Mark has kind of intimated it, like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are doing such a great job of week-to-week-to-week game planning. They're playing Nick Bosa, right, one of the great edge rushers in the league. So what do you want to do? Instead of blocking him thinking that you're good enough, let's not block him. They don't hand block him or the defensive tackle. Here comes the jet sweep. They got four blockers out front for only three on the defense, and then Hardman walks in. They ran this three times against Bosa. They screened them. They chipped them. It's a beautiful job of understanding. Maybe we're not good enough to do it against them, but if we put him in that conflict situation, what do we see Philadelphia do with uh, Micah Parsons, right? They multiple times put him in conflict. Instead of thinking you can, don't even try. But they have so many things going well right now. That's why, like, I love you, Marcus, but I kind of disagree with what you're saying. I actually think they're using so many people in so many different areas. Mm -hmm. Like, as much as I love Kelsey, 
They're putting Fortson by himself at times. Mm. They're putting Juju by himself at times. Like, they're using all these different guys in not specific roles, but really unspecific roles to me. Y'all want me to respond? Yeah, go ahead. Quick. <laughs> um, I understand what you're saying, Dio. But when we were looking at the game, well, for me personally, I'm not everybody, two weeks in a row, I said Travis Kelsey got to be in the conversation for offensive player of the year. Sure. Like the way he's playing and beating not only man coverage and zone, I'm sure just like you just mentioned about Bosa being isolated and let's not block him and use what he does against him. I think coming into every game, every defensive coordinator is so heavily involved in trying to stop 87 sure. that now all of these guys have not only had time to figure out their roles, but Andy Reid has been given time to figure these roles out. I think this is a manifestation of Travis Kelsey. I don't want to fight you on it, but I, I absolutely believe how dominant he has been fight. has really translated <laughs> to everybody okay else. Amongst family. Well, let's fight about something else because I'm over this. No, but I, I will say, Patrick Mahomes was 7 of 7 on passes thrown 15 or more yards downfield Sunday. That didn't happen that often. He's the second quarterback over the last 15 seasons to go 7 of 7 or better on those throws. Joining stink. Drew Brees. I know. Isn't that cool? Maybe right, he'll hey, get Tyreek. We were all excited to see how Christian McCaffrey fit into this 49ers offense after the trade. And he made an impact in his debut with 62 total yards. That was after being with his new team just a few days. The 49ers have the Rams on Sunday. Sean McVay was asked about the addition yesterday. Sean, what were your thoughts about the 49ers trading for Christian McCaffrey? Uh, no, you thought, oh, you know, they get, they get another great player. <laughs> so everyone felt for Sean last year. Oh, they got OBJ. They got Vaughn Miller. Just kidding. Uh, anyway, RC, should other coaches around the league be dropping expletives about thinking about this 49ers offense now? I mean, it all depends on, you know, how you use your expletives. But, yeah, sure, why not? But when you think about this team, it only works if Kyle Shanahan uses Christian McCaffrey out of the ordinary way he's used running backs. We've seen that this team understands how to get any running back who has some skill to be productive. So now it's time to go play basketball. Let's go play five-on-five five with our skill players and find the best matchup. Hey, Chauncey Billups, you got the matchup tonight, you go win it. Rasheed Wallace, you have it tonight, you go win it. Tayshawn Prince, Rip Hamilton, whoever it is who has the best matchup, let's utilize that. Let's utilize that by formation and also versatile skill set. So if Kyle Shanahan finds ways to integrate Christian McCaffrey into this offense in different places, but that also frees up Debo, frees up George Kittle, frees up Brandon Ayuk to have the right matchup to win, now it's on Jimmy G to say, here is where it is. Here is where it is. Here is where it is. And for Kyle Shanahan to set it up that way to where I have to make a decision. So, hearing, Mark, I'm going to deviate a little bit. Hearing you talk, I would expect that this offense starts to implement some wildcat into it right now. Could you imagine wow. snapping the ball in the backfield to McCaffrey? Or 19. Debo right there. Yeah. And then you got McCaffrey Ooh. one in the wildcat. Can either of them throw? Kittle's a matchup problem. You got check still. You have, a, you have a, a wide receiver that can play running back in yep. Debo. You have a running back that can play wide receiver in McCaffrey. You have Kittle who could play tight end, a wide receiver. You have check who could play fullback or H-back. I agree with you. Right, like, do you get the point, though? Like, if you just put Christian McCaffrey where Jeff Wilson is or where Ty Davis Price is, yeah. it's a waste yeah. of getting him because everybody can run the ball there. No, it's a great yeah. point. He's right. That The pressure really falls on Kyle now mm -hmm. to use this the right way. And, again, being so imaginative – I'd expect Kyle to have basically no stone unturned with 
how he can use McCaffrey. You know, and that also makes me think, and no shade of Jimmy G, although it's probably going to come across that way, that helps you if Jimmy G's not having success. You do a little change up at the mm -hmm. quarterback spot using Wildcat. Marcus, what'd you think? You had like a face look like you had tasted something bad. <laughs> well, I just, no, no, I just, I love that idea of Wildcat. Dan yeah. just pissed off every defensive coordinator that got to play San Francisco. <laughs> now, here's the thing, guys. All right, and we all know this. Lord, please don't let Jimmy G mess this up because <laughs> it's all there for him. And, I, and, and, and I'm going to be that guy to go to go on narrative and say, Jimmy G, man, just stay within what the plan is for this offense. Throw it out of bounds if you don't have it, okay? Hit the one or two throws that you're going to be asked to make and let your guys do the work. Right. Because when I look at this Kansas City game and we just showed the play, 49ers were playing well. They were moving the ball. Defense was getting off the field. And then you, that was, I believe, right after a turnover when he threw the interception right. in the end zone. Jimmy G, please don't mess this up. You have everything. This is a quarterback dream. Yep. Just live yeah. within what you need to mm -hmm. live in and don't take unnecessary it, chances. It should be the greatest yak team ever, yards yeah. after catch. What is Yak? Yak, yards after the catch. I like Turn when up. you explain what that Turn is just so someone doesn't think that. it's the other kind of yak. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, what you guys have missed is that Dan Orlowski has been over here backpedaling and bicycling out of his break. And maybe some DBs need to start doing that. Because we're about to show you how Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have jumped in a DeLorean and taken us all the way back to 2019 in the Bayou. I want to play the clips for everybody at home before we break it down, because here's the reality. It's the same route. It's essentially the same coverage. It's a different kind of throw, but it's the same result. It's Joe Burrow dropping back, finding the deep ball to Jamar Chase and equaling touchdowns. Okay, so the first one. I want everyone to realize that this is Jamar Chase down at the bottom of the screen. I got the three by one. I want Tritz up to the field. The great thing we love about Jamar Chase is he can play by himself solo. Now, once Joe Burrow catches this snap, he's going to do one thing. He's going to peek at this safety right now to see. Now here's now, here's Go the problem. Ahead. I don't want to cut you off, Dan. No, I love here's it. the problem, right? You said you got the three-by-one. So, if I know I have three-by-one, the first thing I'm thinking is all of my threats are here. The free safety is going to look to work off Tyler Boyd and the tight end. The issue is when you have Jamar Chase here, I need to be able to deter Joe Burrow right now. So, if, I him, if I'm him, I want to be wider here so Joe immediately goes right back to the top side of the field. And I love the fact that Joe realizes he's got soft by this nickel, so it's more than likely man coverage. Right. I hold that free safety. Now, here's everything. 
One, two, three as I hold that free safety. Now Joe's starting to make this throw, and once he sees that Jamar Chase is in that leverage, we call that he's won. You're on top. Now it's paramount. Ball's got to come out on time, and I need Jamar Chase to stay vertical down the field. Leave what, me space. Well, the big thing is here. This corner knows he's now about to be stacked. So in being stacked, he's going to have to try to play the hands. Right here, he needs to have vision on Jamar Chase, understand where the apex point is going to be, and get right to it. He's going to hesitate a simple little bit, and this throw and catch is absolutely perfect. It's perfect. So the fact is this. Jamar Chase won over the top, and Joe Perot puts it over the top yep. perfectly for the touchdown. Now we go to the very next play. It's going to be another three-by-one set. This time it's going to be into a bunch. I have the bunch down here. Now I want Jamar Chase to be by himself soloed up. I'm going to get a very similar coverage where I'm going to get that single high rotation at the snap. Now, now this the safety. Thing, the first thing I'm going to ask is this right here. The first communication we need to have is if we get this formation, I understand I don't have to get as wide to get to the three-by-one, but I've communicated to my corner already. I am leaning to you. You can now slip underneath Jamar Chase, and I'll play over top the ball. So I love that. When you talk about that lean, RC, here's that. That safety starts to drift that way. He's trying to lie, Joe Burrow, yes, like, hey, absolutely. I'm going to too high Do right something now. different than he did the first time. Beautiful, and as this safety drops down right now, Joe's got to do a great job of understanding there's that vision. He sees that safety drop down. He sees that he starts to go back to the middle of the field, but to your point, RC, now that corner, this is the same throw. That corner's on top. Jamar Chase has widened. He has not won. So I got to throw that as a quarterback to his back shoulder for a beautiful ball placement. You know what this does, though? This essentially tells any cornerback, any defense, you can't win on a Jamar Chase be go right. ball because they are right. So this is one of those situations where you're playing Michael Jordan, you're playing Kobe Bryant. You have to hope that they miss on that throw in order for you to beat them. It's the best wide receiver quarterback duo in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't know if any combination throws a better go route to your point. Defensively, you can't be right. Well, they've taken over now for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who I thought were the best duo yes. previously. And the one thing is this. If you had a sports almanac in 2019, as we saw Marty McFly had, maybe you could have predicted this, but nobody else can. But like Doc said, man, great Scott. <laughs> Get out your sports almanac. Let's go, boys. Joe Burrow's performance on Sunday marks only the sixth time in NFL history that a quarterback threw for at least 450 yards and three touchdowns while competing, completing at least 80% of his passes. Burrow also did this in week 16 last season against the Ravens, making him the first player in NFL history with multiple such games. The first player in NFL history. That's why he liked playing the Ravens so much last year. Marcus, you think this unit is all the way back to their Super Bowl form from last season? Yeah, Boogie, they're showing up. They're showing up, and it's it's really in the vein of what we talked about with the dominant uh, three-headed Mustang receiver and even the addition of Hayden Hurst, but Tyler Boyd was actually the leading receiver in this game. And then you talked about the, uh, Dan and RC just talked about uh, Jamar Chase. And T. Higgins had 92 yards, eight away from 100. They would have had three receivers at 100-plus if T. Higgins would have gained eight more yards. And Joe Burrow was in rhythm. The timing, we talked about this offensive line needing to jail. We talked about the play calling and also just getting in sync. Remember, Joe Burrow missed time in training camp. They didn't have a full offseason to really get work because he had to have some – he had some um, health issues. And now you're starting to see these things come to fruition. Protection is being better. And in turn, he has dominant guys all over the football field that he's starting to spread this ball around to. Yeah, the appendicitis probably got overlooked a little bit, to your point. It takes a while to come back from something like that. And we always felt like these Bengals were sleeping giants or maybe sleeping tigers, as it were. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So glad you're with us on NFL Live. Hey, what's going on in Tampa Bay? All right, Tom Brady has talked extensively about lack of production offensively. He's taken out frustration on the sideline. He's probably questioned the football gods who have been so good to him during his lengthy NFL career. But anyway... Let's find out more on the state of the Bucks. We bring in ESPN Bucks reporter Jenna Lane, who was at the team facility today. Jenna Brady addressed the media this afternoon. What he have to say about the team's current struggles? Laura, Bucks outside linebacker Shaq Barrett said last week, Rome isn't burning, but this week it is now, he told me. But he added, I love the pressure. I love the adversity. This is the beginning of our bounce back story. Quarterback Tom Brady shared that sense of optimism today. There's always hope, and then there's reality, and the only thing you really focus on is what the reality of the situation is, and that's, you know, we haven't played our best football. Um, we have a lot of quality players, and uh, we gotta, we got to do a better job playing well, and, um, you know, you got to take it one week at a time. Everything's different. You know, it, things could change after this game, too, and things could change the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that. So nothing in this game is given to you. You have to go earn everything, and I think that's the competitive nature of it. It's, you know, they're good on the other side of the ball, too, and, um you know, we just got to go find a way to get a win. Much has been made about Brady's protection, particularly the interior, as it's affecting Brady's throws and their ability to run the ball effectively. The coaching staff implemented a rotation last week at left guard, where Luke Gedeke and Nick Leverett traded off every two series. They'll both see time again this week, although Gedeke is now dealing with a foot injury. Thanks to Jenna. As bad as the Bucks' offense has been, you can make an argument that their defense has been God just bless. as bad, if not worse. Yeah, exactly. Over the last four weeks, the Bucks' defense ranks last in the NFL in QBR allowed, takeaways, and third down conversion rate. And look at this. Are you in saying that's bad? <laughs> that's what is stinks. In three of those four games, the opposing quarterbacks were Marcus Mariota, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and P.J. Walker. So, I mean, it's one thing you're like, oh, man, they're struggling against the best of the best. Not really. Marcus, let's take a look at this defense. Just give it to me. What's the single biggest issue? Here's her face. <laughs> Discipline, Boogie. Like, I, I don't even understand. This is an unrecognizable unit, especially with Devin White and Devontae Adams being, I mean, Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae David. Devin White and Levante David being in the middle of this defense. I mean, we saw them two weeks ago, as you mentioned, have trouble with Marcus Mariota in the RPO game. And I know P.J. Walker uh, kind of gives you a little bit of pause when you're running this RPO system with him in Carolina. It was a little different uh, schematically because of his athleticism. But I'm looking at this team. Todd Bowles went to trying to bring pressure off the edge to get the run stopped. Chuba Herbert banged his head on the end zone goalpost and <laughs> then broke off another long run. Deontay Foreman had a 60-yard explosive play. The one thing we used to say going into the game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers is you're not going to be able to run the football. Yes. Like Defensively, you have to take something away. 
That is how good defenses live. Like, mm -hmm. we do not want you to dictate to us how we have to play defense. And the minute I saw Tampa Bay needing to add guys to the box and create blitzes in order to try to get this run stopped, you knew they were in trouble. It's so uncharacteristic of who they are as a defense with Big Vita Vale up in the front, with these two linebackers that can run sideline to sideline. It is very disheartening to see them play this way. And I don't know, it cannot be physical or athletic ability. There is something mentally that has happened to this defense that they got to get corrected right away. Well, it's one thing to say they're undisciplined. It's another thing to show what that undisciplined looks like and then how the offense benefits from it. This is stuff that is controllable. Marcus just intimated it a couple of times about the lack of gap integrity. They pressure from the outside. One of those guys, RC knows this, has to cross face of the defense. Both guys are left outside of the tackle. Easy run. This is the foreman run. Again, one linebacker scraping to the sideline. The pressure guy does not close off the edge. For us as an offense, Thank you. That is easy work for us. Watch the linebacker on this next play. He's going to run out the coverage, never even look at anything. This is one of those RPOs that Mark, or Marcus just talked about. There's no close. There's no linebacker because he's going to cover someone without ever looking at the actual quarterback and tailback in the play. So that's three clips. We can give you 15 of them. And there's a reason why those numbers look the way they are. This is a very, right now, a very undisciplined unit, disconnected unit and lacking of pride unit. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing about this unit is Marcus made a, a, a great point, right? They're not stopping anything. It's like Burger King. You can have it your <laughs> way, but they have to lay their hat on getting yeah. back to what Todd Bowles made this team and made this defense. Todd Bowles has to put his imprint back on who they are. The Devin Weiss, the Levante Davids, the Vita Veyas, they need to step up. And now if you make teams have to pass and you are playing the Kenny Pickett's, the Mitchell Trubisky's, and P.J. Walker's of the world, you can make plays on the back end because you can pin your ears back and rush. They aren't stopping anything, which is making it very difficult you for the You know what's odd? Because both these teams, Green Bay and Tampa, are both struggling. We hear Aaron Rodgers say, well, our weekly habits have to be better. And then we see Tom Brady say, we got to earn everything. It's just mm. interesting hearing those quarterbacks kind of hint that that's going on in their building. It's unusual. It seems like discipline, though, it all goes back to that. Time for one more thing before we go. And for that, we turn to former Patriot cornerback Asante Samuel. He took a little shot, maybe a big shot, as former coach hey. Bill Belichick on Twitter saying, Belichick's starting to show you he is an average coach without Brady. Golly! RC, you were talking about earlier, like, it's okay to fight or whatever. I mean, I think Asante's looking yeah. for a fight. I don't know. What do you guys <laughs> Listen, I don't necessarily believe he's looking for a fight, but we have heard this sentiment about Bill Belichick, especially since Tom Brady has been gone. It's weird when you hear it from people in the building, but maybe yeah. there's something to it. Uh, Belichick now 20-20 and 20 since Brady left New England. He's still the greatest coach of all time. He yeah. okay. you, can't, you can't take away from him what he has accomplished, but you do have to look at this team and even some of the questions about how he handled the quarterback last night and know that well, this guys, could be I a little sketchy without the GOAT. I have an old saying. You can coach like hell. If you ain't got Michael Jordan, you ain't winning no championships. That's what it boils well, down to. Well, there you to. go. Good thing we got Michael Jordan here. I'm just not sure who he is. We'll see you tomorrow.